You're listening to Circle of Hope Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2007 Frankfurt Avenue. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 and 7 p.m. There's a couple of just stuff, things that were going on besides the, the normal stuff. Monday was Martin Luther King Day and again the, the D.A.R.E. Coalition, MLK D.A.R.E., which is the Day of Action Resistance and Empowerment through this march, and then we got out there, um, at least a couple dozen of us, a bunch of you were there. It was good times. It was a chance to not just to walk through town and say like, yeah, the legacy of MLK is, is one of, of justice and peace work, but to even get at Mother Bethel, this historic church at 6th and Lombard, and then hear the beautiful poetry of Sonia Sanchez and get to, to connect, even in some social circles that maybe we don't usually run in. There was also an opportunity that day to, uh, to help connect with one of our compassion teams that uh, puts us in touch with Treehouse Books, which is this really chill bookstore in North Philly that specializes in getting uh, literature that's illustrations, um, reflect the, you know, the people in the books look like the people in the neighborhood, particularly you know, people of color in North Philly. On Monday and Tuesday, there was uh, a beautiful happening that Shane Claiborne got us uh, connected to this regular vigil that's been... We're going to go one more? Oh, oh yeah, thank you. We'll go we'll back to that. But first, this is uh, Jerome and Julie, our new, two newest pastors. And that night, we also had a council meeting where we looked at the budget and um, looked for the budget for the year where we're deeply trying to express this mutuality and, and how even our money reflects our deepest values, convictions, and processes. So that by the time we get to, to Monday and Tuesday, this cool event, some of us were able to go down on Monday, uh, Tevin and I went down on Tuesday, and um, it was part of this normal flow for this anniversary of state executions becoming cool again 40 years ago. And uh, Shane wrote a pretty awesome post on Red Letter Christians this week. I want to read to you just a few little things because I'm hoping that there's somebody here who maybe will think about protesting, especially demonstrations at like the Supreme Court building, being futile or being a certain, you know, you might have a conception, preconception in your head about what activists are like or what they, what they do or what those, you know, when people use bold terms like prophetic witness I hope that there's a little bit of skepticism among us, and I want to speak to your skepticism. This is what Shane wrote. I was chained to families of the murdered and families of the executed who had stood together on the steps of the Supreme Court with a banner that read, Remember the victims, but not with more killing. He goes on to say, I went to jail with Suzanne Bosler, Sam Reese Shepard, and Art Laffin, whose loved ones were murdered. I went to jail with Randy Gardner, whose brother was executed by Utah's firing squad in 2010. Randy was arrested this day while wearing his brother's orange jumpsuit. I also went to jail with Derek Jameson, who was wrongfully sentenced to death and spent 20 years on Ohio's death row. He was given six different execution dates and came within hours of his execution before proving his innocence and showing that the prosecution withheld over 30 pieces of evidence. Derek saw over 50 of his friends killed by the state and lost his mother while incarcerated. 
This time he went back to jail for the first time since his release to stare the beast in the face and be part of the abolition of the death penalty that almost took his life. It was a powerful witness to call into question the myth of redemptive violence. On Friday night, and connected to another smaller thing, on Monday, um, we had this event called Love for Refugees, where folks were receiving donations and assembling refugee relief kits, which our main international partner, the Mennonite Central Committee, MCC, does a lot of good peace development and relief work. One of the things that they provide are these like basic essentials for people who are forcibly moved and relocated from home. So we got to put together dozens of these kits together and hear about some of the work of MCC. And then, uh, of course, when you get to the... Oh, yeah, I was a NBC... I'm a famous photographer now, Pilar. I'm like a NBC's website. I use my Instagram feed. <laughs> so weird. They didn't use, have, there's no permissions or whatnot, but whatever, it's funny to me. Yeah, NBC. But anyway, the, um, there was an estimated over four million people were marching across the world it was good. Some, some people packed a bunch of ladies in a bus, took them to D.C. like my sweet mom. Good one. 56? That's pretty good. There, there was, um, we had people doing it in New York, too, and then we had dozens, at least here in, in Philly, where they estimated 50,000 people were out. 50,000. It's pretty good. Pretty good to go out and um, make a statement of value, especially, um, you know, the logic that is used to differentiate us according to uh, when you put value on, like, the male-female thing and create a really thick binary, that logic that, that patriarchy becomes present in is the same logic that allows for racial hierarchies. It's the same logic that, that uh, you know, we can build all these other systems around just saying that, there, that there's these inherent differences with inherent values. So like, I think it's per particularly profound to make this value statement together of uh, women's values in the face of much um, public devaluing by national leaders. So this is pretty, like, pretty much like a lot of stuff. One of the benefits of these activities is how it, is it makes our root systems healthier and if you're looking at this picture, I hope that you see this example and maybe even think that, well, that's what a healthy root system looks like because it's pristine. It doesn't have a bunch of gunk on it. But um, I actually would look at this thing and say, well, it cannot live because it is connected to no nutrients. It is not connected to the soil. There's, it doesn't have access to light or to water. So in this next 20-minute metaphor about the church being a tree or the root system particularly, Aside, maybe you want to think of yourself as the tree, the church as the forest. However, we're going to be working this out multiple levels. I think it's healthiest when it's actually rooted in the soil, when it's actually part of the local ecology, when it's embedded in an actual environment. And it interacts not just with other living things, but incor uh, incorporates all sorts of gnarly surroundings and can thrive even in harsh and adverse circumstances. One of those adverse circumstances, like with the Bible times, right, was the city of Rome, where for some reason the, this early church was thriving. 
to me, that's like a really weird place for it to happen because it's a center of power. It's a center of this domination construct that was going out even to the, as far as the Jews and beyond. So when the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Rome, I think that that for us, being on like this East Coast megalopolis, I think it speaks particularly to us. This is from Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we've been made righteous through his faithfulness, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have access by faith into this grace in which we stand through him, and we boast in the hope of God's glory. But not only that, we even take pride in our problems because we know that trouble produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. This hope doesn't put us to shame because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I hope you can think of faith today as this kind of access I mean, Paul's writing that faith is how we access grace in which we now stand, or for the purposes of the speech, the grace in which we're rooted in. You may want to consider your own experience of access or privilege or however you want to put it. Maybe you want to just remember a time that you got to get backstage passes to the show. Wear your cool sticker on your pant leg, which was at one point the cool place to wear it. Maybe you remember getting a library card as a youngster. And just having access to knowledge and access to the, to the wonderful world of books and later on VHS tapes. <laughs> Maybe you think globally about access to clean water. Or you think about the next couple months and what that looks like for some of our neighbors and having access to health care. Grace is available and it, and it should be. And it I hope that it could be even more thought of as more available. So we're helping people be in touch with the undeserved favor of God for all of creation. Here's some cool stuff about trees from ecology.com. Suzanne Summerd, who's a forest ecology of the, at the University of British Columbia, and her colleagues have made a major discovery that trees and plants really do communicate and interact with each other. This, to us, many of us, is nothing new, right? We get the plants talk, okay. Anyway, she discovered an underground web of fungi connecting the trees and plants of an ecosystem. This symbiosis enables the purposeful sharing of resources, consequently helping the whole system of trees and plants to flourish. So Simard was led to the discovery by the observation of webs of bright white and yellow fungal threads in the forest floor. Many of these fungi, mycorrhizal, meaning that they have a beneficial symbiotic relationship with the host plant, in this case, tree roots. Microscopic experimentation revealed that the fungi actually help move carbon, water, and nutrients between the trees, depending on their needs. Mycorrhizal, pretty good. Here's the cooler part. At the hub of the forest's mycorrhizal network stand the mother, the mother tree. These mother trees are connected to all the other trees in the forest by this network of fungal threads and may manage the resources of the whole plant community. And Simmer's latest research reveals that when a mother tree is cut down, the survival rate of the younger members of the forest is substantially diminished. 
Mother Trees, pretty good. We have a saying around here that the church exists for those yet to join. Another cool way you might be able to say that is that we exist for the flourishing of those who aren't part of us yet. A healthy forest has healthy root systems that adapt and incorporate what's available for the flourishing of the forest, for the flourishing of more than itself, for the flourishing of even the future. So I think some of these demonstrations and marches and movements and social actions and organizing and stuff, I think sometimes it's, it's good to feel personal, like I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this for the people who I are already adults and I know them, or for the elders. It's also a beautiful thing to remember that you're doing it for the, for the next generation. You're doing it for the kids, for the babies, for the little ones. Also for the unborn ones who are yet to come. And we want to leave some nutrients for them. In fact, I think we want to leave a whole lot of healthy stuff for them so that they can live in the, um, with the other problems that we're creating or perpetuating. In this metaphor with the mother tree, mycorrhizal, I think Jesus would be a good mother tree in this image. And the church, part of this network of little fungal threads. But you could think of the church as the mother tree and all of the activities earlier this week are just fungal threads that are getting us connected to all these different cool places. Or maybe you interpret, it's a metaphor, right? It eventually will go to its end and break down. But if you interpret it in a cool way, that would be interesting to talk about later. I want to read some Bible again, and this is from a different letter that Paul wrote. The, you know, the, in the New Testament, a lot of it is these letters from leaders to the different churches. And I think, um, just want to be clear about my opinion, they are not all equal, then they are not all as useful as the others. So if, you wanna, if you're just getting started, especially, with some of those letters, I suggest you, Ephesians would be a good one, right into the church in Ephesus. This is, uh, you know, one of those good old... Locked up leaders right into people. And this is from Ephesians chapter 3. God's purpose is now to show the rulers and powers in the heavens the many different varieties of God's wisdom through the church. And this was consistent with the plan that God had from the beginning of time that was accomplished through Christ Jesus our Lord. In Christ we have bold and confident access to God through faith in him. So that I ask you not to become discouraged by what I'm suffering for you, which is for your glory. I wonder how does the suffering of the church reflect glory? Are we actually suffering on behalf of someone else? Or are we just suffering on our own behalf? You know, in that kind of glory where we actually put credit to someone else. Or, we, or somebody else benefits from our suffering. How's God's wisdom being shown to the rulers and to the powers? I think this week for a lot of us, it was shown just of like, we're not playing along anymore. Or at least we don't want to. We're going to have moments where we're not playing along and we're going to like it. And I think a lot of us, you know, are tired of playing along. I think it's good. We play along too much. But I also think that ourselves and the way that they groove together at our Sunday meetings... That flow is the basis for our movement. It helps keep the root system healthy, keep us connecting to other nutrients and spreading them and sharing them, receiving and giving. And, there was, and, and this movement had many expressions of wisdom this week. But just imagine if the priorities of our nation, 
each week were similar to the week that we're discussing, where the emphasis was so clearly on love, on solidarity, on equality, on movement, on peace. How could any proto-fascist, hopeful totalitarian state prevail against us? If it's our purpose not to make the political wing of the white supremacist military-industrial complex have less patriarchy, we're shining back a different signal altogether, which is clearly distinct. I'm sorry I used a bunch of expensive words there. The, um, I'm in seminary now, and this is the stuff that they teach us. They teach us simple stuff, too, which is mostly what I try to talk about. But our purpose isn't just, this is more simply put, our purpose isn't merely to fix the government or to fix policies, although definitely some policy work would be a, a good step. It's to embody God's good ideas. And most governments, especially of groups that are bigger than, say, I don't know, 2,000 people, have a really hard time getting close to any of God's ideas. Growing healthy root systems isn't just preparing for everything in the environment to get better. Healthy root systems don't just have a hope of like, wow, I just wish all this earth would be soft and glorious and all these stupid rocks and microorganisms would get out of here. Growing healthy root systems is to get weirder. Those root hairs get into some funky crud, having all sorts of symbiotic relationships with microorganisms that are so cool we don't even know what they are. I think that's the kind of root systems that the church has too. That, that you even put us into feelers of, of interesting places. But it's about developing support structures. Roots are, are, are the structural support that the forest can thrive through. To be woven into a healthy root system with Jesus, you don't need a lot of stuff. You don't need a lot of faith, surely. I liked singing about the, the mustard seed faith thing earlier because it's so true. Like the, I don't know if it's always as literal as like, you know, you just will boss mountains around or something like that, but I've seen people who barely have any faith, and I'm talking about faith as a way to connect, not even like having all the right ideas or correct belief systems or whatever according to some book, but, the, but having a, just a tiny bit of faith can get you into a movement where you can receive incredible things from God and from other people. You can do inspiring things that might even surprise yourself. But you only need just a small glimpse into God's good ideas for our neighborhoods to move into this more healthy pattern. And I hope that this week you at least got a taste of it. To be woven into a holy root system, Jesus is splaying out. It would take that faith and do something with it. Use it to connect. Use, faith is about connection. It's about, the, faith is the ability for this spiritual connection to God or to creation, to one another, to possibilities. So get formed by this healthy nutrients that you personally receive through reflection, prayer, or, or meditation, or marching, or organizing, or reading, or other spiritual practices, and bring them to your cell. Bring them to this meeting. I think Tevin did a great example of this. She's stoked. Get a, get, she was in D.C. twice doing a bunch of other stuff. It was a good week for Tevin. It was a good week to be Tevin. And then she brought it back here and inspired, you know, profound activity for us all to be able to use to connect. I mean, it's not always going to be, like, just so clear-cut. 
cut and dry or whatever, but uh, clear cut's a bad metaphor to use when we're talking about all the trees, eh? I don't know, sometimes words just come out. But bring these things, uh, the, the, the good stuff that your little funky root hairs are touching, and bring them to other spaces you inhabit. The good stuff that God's giving and you're receiving and giving, it's meant to be, be given away for free. And the other spaces you inhabit, whether it's the places you chill or the, the people you hang out for fun or the people you work with or go to class with or ride the subway for an hour every morning with. Receive the good that's all around. And know also that not everything works out real clearly or well. I like this image of like the tree that grows just by it's on a huge rock, right? At some point, the tree knows that like the rock is kind of a problem, right? I mean, you have to just dip in. Some of us are going to have to work hard to get into the sentience of trees for a second, but like, just, just go with it for a sec. You can disbelieve in them another minute. At some point, the tree understands that the rock is a threat. And to grow over this big boulder, it's just kind of maybe saying like, eh, you know, what are we, we going to do? We'll just grow over it. And then at some point... Maybe this tree gets big enough and old enough that that rock just gets embraced. It gets brought in, and then it's almost weirdly part of the tree. Or it breaks it up into tinier little things and like lets minerals out or something. I don't know what, what trees do, honestly. It's, it's like trees are like, it's kind of magical the way that they do that stuff. But that's the understanding that like not everything's going to make sense. It's not all going to get better real fast. Or sometimes we're going to be living in pretty harsh environments. Pictures are over. This is my last paragraph. At this point in our history, I, history, I have to say that I feel really optimistic, but not in a way that like I think it's all just about to get better, because I, I don't think it is in that kind of way. However, my cynicism took a major nosedive this week, and that felt like a heavy burden was lifted. I've done a bunch of organizing and activism work, you know, over the last you know almost twenty years, and I've seen a lot of stuff get planned and organized poorly, and it's real annoying. Because you can see like where you have like a cool idea, a seed of an idea that just goes and people screw it up. And it's like a major miss. And it would be like doing, um, like for instance, if it was, let's not go, too, let's not go there yet. Um, having having um, certain issues that miss the connection to other issues that are so connected to it. Sort of like um, to have something that's just for, um, say, even like the Women's March. Some people said, here, I'm trying to work around this critique, and here I am, I'm going to have to just tell you. Some of my friends were just critiquing the Women's March, saying it didn't get the intersectionality problems of womanhood enough, right? I think the people I was walking with and talking to are having plenty of dialogue about intersectionality in a lot of the... Flyers in the posters were too. However, you can see it and just feel like, yeah, that, that missed on that. Or to, or to say like, yeah, the people who are organizing a cell, they really didn't come up with a good enough idea. Or the Sunday meeting had enough problems tonight, right? Where you're just like, yeah, that didn't go real great. Why didn't they do this? Why did they pick that song? Why was there a piano solo only after the second chorus? I like the way Jordan plays. Or whatever, like the, could have, you could have had some kind of problem. And I think for me, it's like I'm just getting to the point where I'm, I'm, I got the taste in my mouth that so, seeing so many people try stuff, the taste of, of effort, and seeing people actually say, let's try to do stuff, that tastes so sweet to me that the taste of results is just kind of like, I don't even, 
I, I mean, obviously I long for it, but it's just not what I'm really gonna like, really wanna put on every meal. This metaphor is getting way too whack, but you get what I'm saying? It's like the, the, the idea that effort is so sweet, I just wanna experience it, and I wanna encourage it. I wanna just say like, yeah, try something. We're not gonna get it right all the time. It's not really our, um, our whole environment is gonna get healthier. We're, we're making little bits, little pockets healthier. And the national politics are not going to have less tension or less conflict anytime soon. Or the adverse effects of this new administration. I mean, I'm not going to... I just don't want to use the same fine-tooth comb for every movement thing that I might be tempted to sometimes. People aren't going to do everything right. And especially when you have a lot of people trying to do something... I want to just acknowledge doing anything is difficult. So I hope that you're receiving some courage today from Jesus and his good fungal network so that you can get your roots down in a cool, sprawled out way and drink deep from God's love through those roots of faith. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect tab at circleofhope.net.